as we get ready to prepare ourselves to receive the word, please welcome our senior leader, Apostle Dr. Suzanne Howard. Bless the Lord, and good morning to you today. How are you? Amen. How are the other people who didn't answer? Did you purchase any lettering for your gravestones today? So let me ask you again, how are we today? Oh, come on. Amen. Amen. This is the blessed beginning day of the week. I'm going to ask that all elders and ministers would begin to line up in the back. And if you are a minister, an ADT, you should be lining up. If you are in your vehicle, you should be heading towards the building now to line up. And after the clergy of the house give, then the church will be able to give. After the leadership that has answered the call, has set the order and our first partakers of that which God has given us to do, to keep stewardship of his church, to keep the doors of the church open so that those in our communities who are lost and hurt and broken will have a place to go to. During a season of this crisis and this pandemic, so many people needed and relied on the church. And I thank God for the churches and the ministers who remained open in order to hear that plea for help and for prayer and is God mad at me? Is this why my family member was taken? The church is the only establishment that can answer that question. Is God going to allow this to continue hurting people? Only the church can answer that question. Where has the church been during such a pandemic? I remember in Jesus's time, there was a pandemic going on and it was called leprosy and people were casting them out of the towns and casting them out of the villages because no one wanted to catch leprosy. And yet the priests were the only ones, come on church, the priests were the only ones that would dare to go near anyone with leprosy and to anoint them afresh with oil. So many people stayed away from people with leprosy, but Jesus healed them. Hallelujah, where is the church during a pandemic? Are you worried about your home only? Or are you worried about the home that Jesus Christ has called us to keep for him, to protect for him, to guard for him, to provide a place for his people? In the name of Jesus. If you're in the parking lot, you need to be heading towards this building. In the name of Jesus. We are first partakers of that which Christ has called us to. The church of this dispensation, this testament, we're not getting the stoning and the martyring and the hanging and the ripping of our body apart for the preaching of the gospel. I don't know how much easier it can be for us to preach this gospel than what we are actually living in right now. We get attacked with words. Stones have become words. Amen. Attacks have become lawsuits. I mean, what would you rather take? But it is our job, it is our mandate to keep God's church alive and open. Hallelujah. So we're going to come together in order today 
and we're going to sow into the storehouse of God. Everyone knows what they're supposed to be giving and doing today. And then I want to read something to you. I want to reset the church of Jesus Christ to bring us back to our first love, to the order and the mandate of what Christ has called us to. Our mind has been so distracted by the pandemic and by fear and things that are real and things that are not. But the one thing that we know remains through it all is Christ the Lord, our Savior. I want to reset minds today. So many people stayed out of church and still died. And the church had to go and do funerals and, and, and pray and, 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 and heal families and minister to families through this time of pandemic. This isn't the time for the church to scatter. This is the time for the church to gather. The church should have a waiting line to come in because nothing was guaranteed through this pandemic, not even toilet paper. But everyone could call on the name of Jesus, the Christ, our Messiah, no matter where we were, no matter what situation we were in, Jesus never closes. With honor today, we restore the dignity to the collar and the clergy uniform that is a badge of honor to the call that God has called us to and that we said we've answered. In the name of Jesus, humbly be honored to give today clergy and church to know that if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? Let's make it personal. Families who have lost loved ones to COVID, we prayed for you. We ministered to God through, us, the, the, through the spirit of God, asking that angels be sent on assignment to minister to your soul and your brokenness and your hurting. Because you're in God doesn't mean we're not going to be afflicted. But what we do understand is yet we don't mourn as the world mourns when devastation hits us. So to go through something like this without Christ is so much worse than going through it with him. In the name of Jesus, I release you to come and to give into the storehouse today. In the name of Jesus, come forward. First partakers are the clergy in the house of God. What an honor. What a privilege it is to be uniformed for the Lord Jesus Christ. That I have answered the call. That I am not ashamed or afraid to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those who answered the call are supposed to have this confession in their house and in their heart that for God I live and for God I die. I don't know if it's this or not. That made it worse. Y'all got mics on up here. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Church, you may now come and give. Thank you, Lord. Be proud. Be honored. Hallelujah. Think about where you were before him. Do you know that every strange friend and every demon that was in your life is waiting for your return? Patiently waiting for you to come back. They want your mind back. They want your sexuality back. They want your lifestyle back. They're waiting for you. But God. Hallelujah. I will enter in 
to his courts with thanksgiving and praise for this is the day that the Lord has made come on hallelujah hallelujah come on let it break forth hallelujah hallelujah I'm going to ask that the elders come behind me everyone else you may take your seats thank you so much for your giving to the storehouse if everyone has given we can reset the front of the church I want to read this to you I have posted it if you had a chance to read it amen if you did not even better because I'm going to read it to you today and I read with authority when I read does anyone read with authority I'm not a passive reader when I believe something, I believe that the, the tone needs to be important. There's a reason why we have a period, a comma, and an exclamation point when we're reading. There's emphasis that needs to come forth and be made forth. Pastor Kareem, you should be up here. Amen. Elders in training, come on. Resetting our minds today. To this elder and elder and training team who served during this pandemic every single day every single day some fearful days amen some not so feeling well days but even with the fear we felt on the inside we kept a mandate that we would keep the doors of the church open. We obeyed the laws of the land. We had a skeleton crew in here to keep the church open. People were in fear and in pandemonia and needed to know what is it that God is saying? What is it that the church is saying to us in a time like this? I thought this writer, I don't, I don't, can't remember if he's a pastor or not. Yep, he's a pastor in Mabton, Washington. And I want to read what he has written to the church. This is definitely, I think my leadership called it the state of, what did you call it? The state of the union addressed to the church. In this time of crisis, our governing authorities have suddenly found themselves able to work harmoniously in order to rapidly establish new rules and protocols dictating to us when we can and cannot do. These rules presume to protect us from the threat of the virus and to minimize the risk of death, even at a great cost to our education, our economy, and our normal routines. As Christians, we must determine how we should respond to our governing authorities. Do we instinctively comply or do we instinctively resist or something in between? The book of Romans 13 and 1 gives a very clear direction for us. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. All authority belongs to God alone, who created the heavens and the earth, and any authority belonging to our human overlords is ultimately derived authority. They only have authority because God has entrusted some measure of authority to them. 
Therefore, if we are going to live in submission to the authority of God, then we must also live in submission to those rulers who have been entrusted by God with authority. Thus the command that all Christians ought to be subject to governing authorities. The Apostle Paul also wrote in his command in Romans 13:1 to Christians living in the city of Rome in the first century. Their governing authorities included a Roman emperor and various other Roman rulers who were not followers of Christ, neither in their personal lives, so far as we know today, nor in how they ruled. And they were often very hostile to Christians. If these Christians were commanded to obey their governing authorities, then the same command surely applies to Christians today. When we obey our governing authorities, we obey God. When we disobey our governing authorities, we disobey God. As Christians, we are not anti-authoritarian or anti-government. And it should not be our instinctive nature to resist or to rebel against our governing authorities. Again, travel down in Romans to Romans 13 and 2. Some of us respond to any public order with immediate mutiny. If they tell me to go left, I will go right. If they tell me to sit, I will stand. Such an attitude is not Christian. And if we have such a spirit, let us repent and be changed in Christ. But neither is it a Christian to blindly obey whatever directives come from governing authorities. For God has entrusted authority to them in order that they might be God's servant for your good. Go down a little further to Romans 13 and 3. They are supposed to use their power to establish and to enforce moral order in our world by rewarding good behavior and punishing bad behavior. Christians ought to use sober judgment in order to determine when governing authorities have gone astray and are no longer promoting what is good. We must remember that God has entrusted all authority to Jesus who has been exalted as Lord of all. And we must therefore submit to the Lord Jesus as our highest authority, for he demands our undivided loyalty, undivided loyalty and obedience. You can check me in the scriptures from Romans 1, 4 through 6, Matthew 28, 18, Acts 2, 36, and Acts 10 and 36. Check out the replay. Simply stated, we must discern if and when obeying our governing authorities will require us to disobey the Lord Jesus. And in such situations, we must obey the Lord Jesus rather than governing authorities and be prepared to endure the consequences. The Bible abounds with stories of God's people exercising such judgment, including the famous story of Daniel enduring the lion's den because he prayed to the Lord of Israel in violation of the king's edict that prayers be offered only to the king in Daniel 6. Did y'all hear that? I don't know if you're aware, but prayers have been shut down for a long time in California. And if the churches in California didn't rise up, this would begin the cancel culture that the world is in that would now begin to take its place in the church. If we apply this theological vision to our current situation, we can affirm that Christians ought to lead the way in obeying many of the orders of governing authorities which have issues regarding the coronavirus, for they do not conflict with our obedience to the Lord Jesus. We can wash our hands, sanitize, practice social distances, and the like, especially when such simple practices can slow the spread of the pandemic. We can even honor the more painful directives where we might wonder if the harm of the cure outweighs the benefit. 
such as shutting down schools and businesses and cutting people off from their support networks, such as counseling centers, social workers, AA meetings, and the like. However, other directives ought to give pause for Christians and compel us to exercise discernment because some governing authorities' treatment of the church as non-essential we must carefully consider in what way the church is essential for us as Christians and for our community. And we must exercise sober judgment in determining at what point, if any, we should resist the restrictions being placed upon the church. For Christians, the church is anything but non-essential. Can I get someone to say amen? amen. The church is anything but non-essential. The Bible teaches that we have been created for worship and throughout the Bible, worship is normally and almost always conducted in a corporate gathering rather than a private setting. The people of Israel gathered in the tabernacle of the temple for worship and Christian gathered in homes and public places for worship. In fact, the church is a gathering by its definition. For the Greek word translated church, ecclesia, means assembly or gathering. And Christians are commanded to gather together as the body of Christ in Hebrews 10 and 25. And when we gather as Christians, we gather for the sole purpose of discharging our duties. Do you hear me, ministers? Matter of fact, ministers in the sanctuary, I want you to stand. We have been commanded to undertake together by the Lord Jesus. And many of these duties can only be done corporately as the body of Christ, not as individual Christians. These include publicly reading scripture, preaching the gospel, praying together, baptizing, observing the Lord's Supper, sharing meals in fellowship, submitting to our leaders, sharing our spiritual gifts with one another, and on and on. What are the duties, the ordinances of the church ministers? Very little of the New Testament can be accomplished alone or at home. Gathering is essential for Christians. We can and should temporarily suspend public gatherings in this season of a global pandemic, especially when trustworthy medical professionals agree that such gatherings could spread a disease and harm our congregations and our communities. But at the same time, it is alarming to realize that our governing authorities regard church as little more than a form of entertainment, a likened to a movie theater so that even as shutting down a theater can be replaced by streaming a movie at home. So also shutting down a church can be replaced by streaming a worship service at home. And it is alarming how many churches have jumped on board as if they agree. Is not our gathering as a church far more essential, substantial than a one hour production of a two bit worship tainment? Further, and most importantly, if our community regards our churches as non-essential, perhaps it's time for us to use this season of cancellation to self-evaluate what we are doing as churches. Our commission to love our neighbors ought to make the church the most essential organization in our communities. For the church does far more than gather for worship. The church also feeds the poor and brings clothing to the homeless. The church comes to the aid of at-risk kids living in unstable homes. The church protects the abused. The church advocates for the marginalized. The church supports the unemployed. The church encourages the depressed. The church cares for the sick. Where were you, ministers? 
The church watches over widows. The church takes in orphans. The church comforts the grieving. When there is a crisis, the church should be springing into action. Pity the community that does not have an active church during a pandemic. In this time of global suffering, our governing authorities ought to view the church as an essential resource. An essential resource of comfort, shelter, and aid. If allowances like this can be made for many other essential businesses, like restaurants, Home Depot, to remain open so long as they follow safety protocols, airports, airplanes, as long as they follow safety protocols, should not church be afforded the same allowances so they can serve those who are hurting in their own communities? Sadly, and to the detriment of us all, some governing authorities see no such value in church. Therefore, as Christians, let us work together to make the church essential again. In the present time, we still have an essential command from the Lord Jesus to love our neighbors, regardless of whatever restrictions might be placed upon the governing authorities. Did you realize that places like the Salvation Armies was an offspring of the church? You understand that the Red Cross was an offspring of the church? We are the ones that go in when there's horror. We are the one that goes in when there's war. We are the one that goes in when there's trauma. We are the one that comes in when there's been storm and devastation and death and sickness and disease and sin. We are the ones that go in. Now the Red Cross has to operate separate from the church because where is the church? She's not essential in her duties. Where is the church when people are suffering through a pandemic that we are hiding in our homes as if the Jehovah Witnesses are knocking at our doors again? Unavailable, afraid, and full of fear that the gospel had to be shut down and we had to change sermons and water down messages so that everybody felt equal. It's time for us to consider what is the purpose of our church. What is the purpose of our church services? What is the purpose of our duties? And are we acting as a church or are we just another club that's getting together? Let us all think especially about what we will do after this pandemic has subsided and restrictions have been lifted. And let's commit together that we will undertake our mission as a church that is essential in such a way that when the next pandemic rolls around, because it will, the church will be regarded as essential. We serve the Lord Jesus above all. And this means we willingly submit to governing authorities as much as possible. And we also look to the Lord Jesus as our ultimate and final authority. And we serve him in the midst of a pandemic and panic. The church is essential in Jesus name amen take a bow to the people that you serve amen take a bow again to the people that you serve hallelujah thank you Jesus to the praise team that served during this crisis I want you to come up to the front and stand in front of me to security to any ushers 
any ministers that we haven't mentioned that have served during this pandemic. You did not miss out because of a pandemic. You need to come to this altar. I will not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They can talk about us. They can condemn us. They can wonder where we are and wonder where we'll be. But the church that's built on a rock is higher than a pandemic. Come on and line up. Hallelujah. We are essential. And when devastation and crisis comes, it is us that they call on. It is us that they look for. Come on, line up. I want you in front. Line up. Hallelujah. I need to see your leadership. I need to see your authority. We can't make it in a pandemic with passive leadership. Stand and be proud of who you are. We are holy people. A holy nation. A priesthood. Set like no other to the Lord Jesus Christ. And this message of the gospel of Jesus Christ will be preached to all nations. We will go to and through the hedges and the highways and the byways. We will baptize and give him glory. We will wash each other's feet and serve at his communion table to one another. We will have people's lives turned over to God. We will have hearts committed. We will have minds chained. We will see an overflow and a harvest to the kingdom of our God. Jesus is the reason. Jesus is the reason. Jesus is the reason. Jesus is the reason. The church is essential. And we respond to every scared Christian. We were scared too, but we had to serve him. We had to be there for the communities. We had to encourage the sick, even amongst our own community, locked up in their homes, afraid to come back out. For God I live or for God I die. Hey! Not foolish Christians. Not Christians blown by every wind and doctrine. In the face of our adversary, we had to stand and we had to worship. Minister Thomasina, what was the song that hit this house so heavy one Sunday? The church will not be silent. Can y'all play it? Help them out. What song is that? I will not be silent. Keep going. Come on, praise team. If you know a congregation, join us. Come on, apostolic people.
Just stand up until we get there.
Everyone who has a seat here, take a seat. Can you each take off a shoe? If you're uncomfortable with it, you can just lift up your boot. And Jesus, who washed the feet of his disciples. I wash the feet of mine as he has instructed us y'all to stand over here for a moment. And I want the other elders and elders in training to sit here where they were. And if you could take off one shoe, if you cannot, just leave it there and we'll go from there. and elders in training. Okay, you guys move up this side of the aisle. I want the ministers to take a seat here. Okay, I need one more. One more, minister. Elders, I want five of you to come wash their feet. church is breathing God God he'll get the glory the church will not be silenced I will Woo! come on there's an anointing up here hallelujah is there an anointing where you are 
another round. There's another level coming. Ways worship you. Come on, will the church be silent? get five more to take a seat here. The rest of the elders can come down and wash their feet. Yes, God. Yes, God. Come on, his presence is here. He's ministering today. Hallelujah. Those of y'all in the audience, get ready because I'm going to ask if there's someone's feet that you can wash today. Hallelujah. Oh, shit. Come on, come on. He's here today. He's healing. Hold that foot. Hold that foot. Hold that foot. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you, God. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. Come on, I need five ministers over on this side. Hallelujah. Five more over here. Come on, just step over the bodies. They'll be all right. Yes, God. Yes, God. Come on, five over here. Let's go. Any more ministers? Praise and worship, security. Come on, take a seat. Thank you, Lord. And now I want those ministers that are standing that can now wash the feet of their peers. Hallelujah. When we come to the congregation, I'm asking that married people work with each other. And I'm asking that the men work with the men and the women work with the women. And we're going to give each of you oil so you can wash each other's feet. Hallelujah. Come on, humbly. 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 The church will not be silent. Hallelujah. Yes, 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 sounds good. Yes, God. John 13, 1 through 17. I'm just going to read verse 12 through 17. When Jesus had finished washing their feet, his disciples, those that walked closely with him, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me your teacher. You call me your Lord, your rabbi, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do 
as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If they're laid out, let them stay laid out. Let the Lord deal with them. Hallelujah. Work around them. Y'all had worse experiences. This is the anointing. This is the presence of God doing this. This isn't alcohol. I'm free. This isn't drugs. I'm free. This isn't even emotion. I'm free. This is the moving of the presence of the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Has every minister washed someone's feet? Come on, there's some still up here? Come on, security, ushers, let's go. The ministers are going to wash your feet today. There's an anointing for you. We served scared. We served afraid. But we served. And there was a congregation always here to hear and to echo and to lift up that which God was saying to the church. I bless you today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I bless you today. Yes, God. Yes, God. Don't forget to tell them I love you. I love you. And don't look at them like, why you act like that? Receive the love. I love you. I love you. I love you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And once all the leaders have, and ministers and workers have washed each other's feet, if there's anyone that you came with today that you can wash their feet, I'm going to ask that you do that. Hallelujah. Mothers and sons and daughters and mothers, friends, if there's any sexual activity between you and you are not married, find someone else. Hallelujah. We're not promoting that in his house. In Jesus' name. Come on. Hallelujah. You can wash your mother's other foot, Aaron. Amen. Yes, look how beautiful. No servant is greater than his master. And we all have been served today. Thank you, Lord. What about you, Booker? Yes? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Reverend Woodard, I'm going to ask that you get one of the musicians. Minister Mike, I'm going to ask that you get one of the musicians. Reverend Bonner, when you get up, I want you to get one of the musicians. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. It's all right. Get some oil. Make sure you have oil on your hands. Don't go with no empty hand. We got a little shine somewhere in here. They're getting it. Amen. I bet y'all won't let that happen again. Thank you, Jesus.
Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Did y'all get my younger level security team? Amen. Anybody upstairs? I think I saw Chris Blake earlier. Can somebody make their way up there? Amen. And if you can take a moment, Pastor Kareem, if you can head up as well. Amen. So that you can explain that the children should be able to do that to each other's feet as well. Thank you, Lord. I serve you. I serve you. Yes, Reverend Wooder. Thank you. I serve you. I serve you. Thank you, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, God. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Yes, God.
I want everyone standing. And we're going to pronounce this blessing. We should all know it. For those that are new here, visiting or on live stream with us, <clears throat> we're coming from chapter 6 of the book of Numbers. And we're going to pronounce this blessing upon all the service that went forth today that was unto God. All the honor that went forth today was unto God. And to all the glory is unto God. In the name of Jesus. This is when the Lord says to Moses, as Jesus is able to say to his apostle today, and tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless my people. You are to say to them, are you all ready? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Say goodbye to the live streamers. We wish you well. Go in peace. Be encouraged. I pray for this anointing to be upon your life wherever you are today. To every leader, minister, worker that is in the house of the Lord today, may his face forever shine upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll see you on Tuesday and then Sunday again. Go in peace. Thank you, Lord. There should be an altar offering today. If anyone can grab something and put your altar offering in today for the prophetic blessing for what God did.